So we're talking about the art of interrupting, which I think is a... Every person that I've told this to... What is it do you mean by <laughs> art of interrupting? Exactly. Uh, just, is that how you do it? Yeah. Basically, just talking about it with different people, they've always said, they've said in the past week... Right, right. They've said, wow, that's so interesting. Like, I definitely need that. So I think it's something that we definitely need as conversationalists and to make sure that we're not being talked over, but we also want to be respectful, right? And let yeah. the person finish their turn. So. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I feel like as a kid, we're always told that one shouldn't interrupt. Yes. Right, that um, interruption is bad and that uh, let people finish speaking before you enter the conversation. And uh, <laughs> to some degree, that's correct, right? I mean, you want to let people finish what they're saying and. Uh, interrupting is is can be jarring for, for the the person you're speaking with um, and can be rude and, and in many cases it is that said there's there is a time and place for interruption and even I think as you were getting at in polite conversation interruption in some ways can almost um, add momentum to the conversation right I right. feel like um, interruption uh, done the right way sort of uh, it shows that you're engaged and it kind of feels it it sort of it adds on it's exactly. additive as opposed to disruptive right and it, it exactly and it could be sort of showing that you're collaborating with them and you're in unison um, and so I think there's definitely a right way and there is certainly a wrong way um, <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about interrupting the key is to find an appropriate time to do so, right? Because we're wondering now, well, okay, I want to interrupt because I want to get, you know, a chance to speak and to add my thoughts and to contribute to this conversation. Because if it's just one person hogging the conversation, it's more of a monologue. And yeah. It's not, you know, collaborative. So, and, and, and actually, before we jump into how to do it, yeah. maybe we can just spend a little more time talking about um, the scenarios in which you might want to interrupt. Yes. So, yeah. um, what are you thinking? Well, of? I just interrupted you, <laughs> and the reason That's I true. the reason I interrupted is because yes. she was about to launch into an important part of this conversation. But before that, uh, I thought it'd be helpful for us to discuss this other thing. This is getting very meta. Um, yeah, getting really meta. <laughs> but but the point is yes. that was a that's an example. That's mm -hmm. an example where an interruption um, was not to 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 uh, disrupt the conversation. It was instead to um, ensure that it's it's to help guide the conversation right right it was a, right. a guiding interruption right and you maybe wanted some elaboration or clarification exactly. right so those are also important ways of uh finding the the right moment to interrupt so that was a opportune moment right for mm -hmm. you to do that and that was great well done thank you thank this you. is all live right yeah this is not <laughs> yeah, rehearsed, this is not rehearsed. I, can, I can assure you so when is it appropriate to interrupt well Exactly. When you want to make sure that something that you want covered early on is said at that time. Because imagine mm. then Gregory said, you know, 10 minutes into the conversation, when is a good time to interrupt? It might not have the same force as it would in the beginning, at which time you totally right interrupted. Um, okay, so that's the first thing, finding the right time to interrupt. So you have to, in order to do that, you have to make sure that you're listening to the conversation, mm. right? Instead of just like listening to what you want to say in your head. Because 
active listening is a very important component of communication. Right. So, right. so time to interrupt is one, or, or rather, um, interrupting to to keep the conversation on track is one. Exactly. I would say another one is, and we've been in these situations um, when they're conversation hogs, right? So when someone is basically dominating the conversation, not allowing other people, person or people, to speak. Um, you may need to step in to give other people airtime. Exactly. Right. right. So, so that doesn't work just for yourself when you want to say something, but also if you see somebody else in the room who is trying to speak or they look like they want to participate, um, and then you help bring them into the discussion. Right, right, right. And teachers are really good at that. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was teaching, uh, every single year, I mean, I taught for like 10, 10 plus years, and Every single time, there was always there would always be somebody who you could tell you wanted to say something. Yeah. Um, but then you'd have maybe some other overzealous students, and then they would sort of like dominate, and then so you'd have to find a way to bring people in. So same with good conversationalists when you're doing yeah. that. The other thing I want to say is because we said it is sort of kind of uh, it's culturally relevant to when you might interrupt in New York. There's this uh, phrase that we have. It's called no gap overlap, which means you don't want any gaps in the conversation, meaning pauses, long pauses. And you want to be able to overlap, which in conversation analysis is what we're talking about, the the, um, interruptions, right? When there's overlapping text or words or utterances, rather, that means that there is somebody interrupted because the turn construction unit was not finished. The turn was not finished. So what you're saying is uh, with no gap overlap, yeah. the, the hope is, or the, the goal is to make sure there's no pauses in conversation? There's no pauses and interruptions are invited. And and what scenario would, would, would you want a no gap overlap? So I would think, well, okay, it's in, you know, conversation among friends. Mm-hmm. It could be at a dinner. It could be also at... Um, and so those are more casual settings, but it could also be at a meeting where, when appropriate, you do interrupt, just like you did, right? But it could be right. With, so, but I guess my question is: Are we consciously yeah. trying to achieve a no gap overlap situation, or is it just happening organically? So, uh, anthropologists looked at New York specifically, yeah. and and they found this <laughs> sort of trend, and it was subconscious. But if you think about it, people from New York talk fat. I mean, yeah. That's actually really funny. Guilty. I'm just thinking about um, my family, uh, family, our family dinners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's at, constantly at my house. It's like, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a whole <laughs> phrase called rude erupting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of uh, um, no gap overlap situations. Right. But that is that is the trend. That is the phenomenon that we find um, in in New York area. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a way I think of also like. Engaging with people. Right. What are you going to say? Um, no, no, I, I, I agree with that. So, so that 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 would be um, sort of a cultural phenomenon driving uh, interruptions. In in which case, because it's cultural, it's essentially uh, considered acceptable. Exactly. Uh, but we've had people from uh, the West Coast join, right. and they are perturbed by the interruptions. <laughs> shocked uh, by it. Shocked and quite uh, you know disapproving of yes. them. So again, and this is also somebody from the U.S., but they're from, you know, the Midwest. Right. And so that is not accepted uh, or, or it's not a trend and it's quite, you know, 
perturbing. Right, right. It's just not sort of part of their cultural norms. And so exactly. uh, for them, it's, it's a bit jarring. Right. Yeah. And it's also perceived as rude, right? right. So, so, okay, so we have to think about now a balance, right? So definitely um, be mindful, I think. If you feel like you want to interrupt, but you're a little bit shy or reserved because maybe in your culture or where you're from, um, interrupting is not really something that one does in polite conversation. But if you notice that the people with whom you're engaging are, you know, interrupting politely, then you can also do that. Like you can take cues from the people around you right. and how they're behaving. But on the flip side, if you notice that, you know, somebody is not interrupting, they're very cautious, they're sort of, you know, going at pace, mm. then I would say be mindful of that and don't yeah. overdo it with the interruptions. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to read it for sure. Yeah. Um, there was one other situation where I think one might interrupt, um, which is if you, and this one's tricky, so I'm curious about your thoughts on it, um, where you feel like the information that's being said is wrong, uh, right? Yeah. So um, in a public setting, this is particularly tricky because you don't really want, you certainly can't interrupt a speech. Uh, <laughs> you could probably challenge them in a Q&A session later, um, but maybe in a meeting, mm-hmm. Um, certainly one-on-one, if someone starts going down a sort of line of, uh, like their argument is predicated on something that, that, that you just flat out disagree with, um, or they're starting to communicate in a way that's confusing to, to, to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, is that, is that a place where you can interrupt? You want to stop the transmission of, of sort of inaccurate information. So what do you do there? Definitely. I think if you find that there's something being said that was not appropriate or it was not factual or it was just completely out of line, then I think, yes, you do interrupt. Right. And you do it politely so that you don't put the person on the spot and make them feel badly. Right. But I think in order to shift it back to to get it back on track, right, the conversation or the meeting or whatever, um, that would be an appropriate time to really leverage right. the transition relevance place, which is the TRP. Right. And it's a possible um, point of completion of the utterance. And the reason we say possible is because we're not sure. This is TRP. Mm-hmm. Okay. Transition relevance places. Right, right. So in conversation analysis, when the conversation um, analysts are evaluating and analyzing conversation, they're looking at how people engage in conversation and they call it in situ. So they're not trying to put their in situ in the situation. Ah. Yeah, it's it's a Latin term. Anyway, not to go off on a tangent, but what they're looking at is how people engage with each other in conversation. I think this is very interesting. Without projecting their own assumptions or views um, on the speaker. And what you do, you really just have a text, right? Um, If it's already transcribed. And so what you can see is in the transition relevance places, so if somebody interrupts, mm-hmm. you can see that they might do it at a uh, possible completion point when the intonation goes down, right? Because falling intonation signals... signals like the completion of an idea, maybe. Exactly. Interesting. Right? If, it's, if you keep your tone flat or leveled, that means you're going to continue. Yeah, and actually, I remember this in, in, in the video you put out, which was, uh, it talked about that falling tone. Maybe we can give, uh, I, I, I think you hear it a lot. 
uh, and, and just to, to, it's sometimes hard to write about, yeah. but to say, mm-hmm. right? It's there, my tone just fell. To say, right? And when you're starting to talk about something, that ing, that the tone is going up, right? Mm-hmm. So that suggests I'm about to say something else. Right. And I finish the else with a down tone. Exactly. So if you, it's funny, like, uh, this is definitely your area of expertise, but it's, it's fun for me to sort of think about um, how uh, the, the words that you say kind of go in these, these waves. The tone, the tonality of your speech right. goes in these waves of ups and downs. Yeah, it's the inflection patterns. The inflection patterns, right. And so as you start to pay attention to those, mm-hmm. that can definitely help sort of identify this TRP. Exactly. So it could be intonation-based. It could also be um, lexical, right? So it could just be one word, like yes, right. So that would be a possible point of completion at which a you know transition relevance place could occur. And um, we also have pragmatic completions, which are you know pragmatically in the course of conversing with people. It does it make sense? Like, is that does it make sense to interrupt at that point? For example. Oh, she's a really good volleyball player. And then Greg jumps in, she is. And then I can jump in again after she is because pragmatically that makes that makes sense that it would be a you know, a possible completion point. When I say she is. Exactly. Yeah, I did that earlier when you said, um, I don't want to go off on a tangent. I said, no, no, this is interesting. Yes. That that's an interruption. Yes. That would be a pragmatic, a pragmatic interruption. Yes, exactly. It's essentially just saying. Keep sort going. Of, yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of, uh, um, it's like cheering on the conversation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, phrasal ones. We have, uh, like, phrasal ones. And then we also have um, the the whole sentence, where the whole sentence is complete. And you know, mm. you know, like, the dog is, that's a dachshund. Okay. That's a dachshund. That's a dachshund. <laughs> right? Okay. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of it. Right. But what's really interesting is that people who want to extend their turn, there's a couple of things that you can do so that you can prevent being interrupted. Interesting. We can get to that now or maybe we can... Sure, let's hear it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on interrupting? Like, what, are, the, are these um, nuances interesting to I, you? I, Yeah, I mean, I think it's fascinating because interruption, like I was saying sort of when we, when we opened up, yes. it's, it's a very powerful tool. And I think when it's used effectively, uh, it can add a lot of energy to, to the conversation mm-hmm. and leave people with a, with a you know a good impression of that conversation. Definitely, right? Here's it, I think when you engage with someone who's a good interrupter, and I mean a good interrupter, <laughs> when you sort of finish the conversation, you think back on it, like you, in your mind, you're thinking, "Well, wow, that guy's a great conversationalist or girl, right? That that person is a great conversationalist." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because it's used in a way to, to keep the energy up, uh, to keep it on track, yeah. right? So the reason why I find what you're saying very interesting is because by becoming more attuned to it, I think you can be a better interrupter. Right. And by being a better interrupter, you're a better conversationalist. Precisely. Uh, and you make better impressions as a result. Yeah. And you also can understand how if you really want to continue speaking and you want to make sure... Now, this gets tricky when the group size is expands, right? Mm. When it's one person or two people in the conversation, then it's, you know, you can manage interrupting and not being talked over more easily. Right. But imagine being at a dinner party with 10 people, 8 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's very difficult to keep talking, right? It is. And so you have to be very aware. Difficult to keep talking. What do you mean? Like if, you, hold your if you're turn. holding the floor, yeah. it's very hard to continue holding the floor. Yeah. And, Interesting. And you know me, I, I don't like the, um, like the gender uh, distinctions mm. um, about this, but research shows that women get interrupted way more than men do. Like in the yeah, corporate I've, setting. I've just noticed that, uh, the research aside. But it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear that there's data that backs it up. There's a lot of data that backs it up. And yeah. it's, so the women out there, <laughs> we have to make sure that we can hold yeah, our some turn. some extra work. There's some extra work to be done. And for guys, extra work to, to be aware of that. Yes. Uh, and, I like that. That's right, true. To not, to, not, uh, to be aware of, of sort of maybe some, are they sub, is it subliminal? Uh, biases. Yeah. yeah. Subconscious biases. Subconscious, subconscious behaviors. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Subconscious behaviors. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. But we can talk about how to hold your turn. Yeah, yeah. So let's say, uh, well, there's two versions of it. One is where you're actively doing it um, because uh, you feel like you're being interrupted more than you should. Mm -hmm. But another is to identify when someone else is doing it and you decide that they may, maybe. Uh, maybe deserve to be interrupted at this point. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So one way to hold your turn is to keep, so don't fall. Don't make your intonation fall at the end of your utterance because if you complete your, if you do the falling intonation at the end of, or in the middle really of what you're saying, then people might think that you're ready to let them come into the conversation. So, and that's when I jump in. Exactly. <laughs> So um, I think the best way to do this, because subconsciously it's very difficult to, you know, do it on cue, mm. like lower your intonation, keep it leveled or rise intonation. So I would uh, video record yourself and just having a conversation and see how you do it. Yeah. And then look at it and see, okay, I could interrupt here more or I could hold my turn more here or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So one way is to do that. The other thing is to not pause because if you pause, you, you invite somebody else to come in. Right. Even if you... I saw you actually just used a turn extender, which was so. Yes. Right? So you finished a phrase, and I was yes. about to add something. Yes. But you popped in a so. Yes. And the so <laughs> basically is exactly. like, a, is like a, a wall that popped up. And <laughs> yes. I was like... And then mm -hmm. I, hit, I hit the wall. Right. Yeah. Or but. Or however. Right? Yeah. So if you have these... Or now... Discourse yeah. markers, and yeah. then you can pause right after that because you're keeping people on the edge of their seat. They're like, oh, wait, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Right? So really good observation. Very astute, Gregory. Well done. So you can hold your Just turn hope like for that. Me that. Mm -hmm. Of course. Well, you're a very good conversationalist. So uh, I did it again. So, yeah, very, that's oh. it. And then speeding up. Right? right? These are all part of conversation analysis uh, terminology. You can speed up. Um, to make sure that no one's going to take your turn. Right. And now some of these you have to be, um, and there I just did something. So I said right. That would have been just an ending pragmatic. But then you sped but up. But I put a now. Yeah. And then you sped up. Right. And I sped up. Yeah. Um, to basically <laughs> like, you know what it's like? Uh, if you drive, it's like merging onto a highway. Okay. Right. Okay. And so um, if, if the highway is going at full speed, so that's the person who's talking and maybe hogging the scene. Um, you're, you're, you're pulling in on, on the off-ramp onto the highway. You need to sort of rev up your speed and get up to the speed of the conversationalist uh, ah. and merge into traffic mm -hmm. uh, and, and hold your own, 
mm. right? So uh, that's at least the way um, it feels. Mm -hmm. So when I jumped in there, I try to jump in and match your pace right. in order to um, to sort of keep speed with the conversation. Exactly. It's very, and this all happens yeah. sort of uh, subconsciously. Just up here, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all the inner workings of our, our brain. Um, and you know, these happen, the, this is phenomenon that happens in every culture. Um, and we do this just, when you're learning a different language, you have to be more um, thoughtful about it. Yes. Right? And deliberate. But even in your own native language, people don't necessarily know how to interrupt and when it's appropriate and, and to what extent and to how much, you know, to mm. what degree as well, yeah. they can do that. Yeah, and, and uh, one thing that I, I, I meant to point out is that the tactics we're talking about to prevent interruption yes. or to detect someone who's preventing interruption, um, these tactics, uh, if you are using them, yeah. should be used with care. Definitely. Because uh, they are effective and they do prevent other people from coming in. And so, uh, and, and moreover, uh, if, you, if you are talking too much, then you start to lose the focus of, of the audience. So it's not just that you're preventing other people from talking. You might actually start to lose focus on what you're saying from the audience, from even just the other person, because you're not giving them a, a chance to participate. Um, and if you're speeding up your language, then you're also uh, less coherent, right? Mm -hmm. you, it's just har harder for people to sort of uh, parse the, the, you know, the words that you're saying. Yes. And the sort of end result is that it, uh, it, it lowers the comprehension of the listener right. and, and therefore reduces your clarity of speech. Mm -hmm. So my point is simply, if you're using it, you should be using it very tactically, uh, and, and in small doses when it's needed. Right, right. And, and also think about, you know, the audience because if it's a group of people who are not necessarily on the same page as you, be it with, you know, language, right, you might have different linguistic backgrounds um, or on the subject matter, really be mindful of, okay, am I speaking slowly enough? Am I articulating? Am I, you know... Um, taking care not to overlap. Um, it's, it's funny, like when I'm with friends from where I grew up, uh, we all kind of speak in the same, like excited, like, to, like um, you know, what can you say ex exactly? Not high pitch, but like- um, Fervor, Exuberance, or exuberance, fer exuberance, yeah, exuberance, that's good. Yeah. Um, and we speak kind of, you know, fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, with different people, it's different. So yeah. it, it really it does depend on your audience. Yeah. And I also learned the other day that we're, um, our sensory preferences are also really um, telling of our communication style. So mm. there's three types. There's audio, auditory, visual, and kinesthetic. And these are also learning styles as well, but they're not the same with their communication. So for example, somebody could be an auditory um, have, have some uh, an auditory sensory preference, right. but not be an auditory learner, right? They're not congruent, so that's something to keep in mind. So, what's the difference between those? Not, okay. to, not to go down, yeah, rabbit yeah, yeah, hole. yeah. So, kinesthetics um, people with kinesthetic sensory preferences use language that's very like movement oriented, hmm. um, you know, all shaken up and uh, the 
the the growth this quarter was right. you know we've been tossing around ideas exactly like that, that's kinesthetic exactly. vocabulary right movement so, based mm -hmm. and so and visual the, it feels like well mostly kinesthetic though right it's really okay there's some blending <laughs> always I think I got us down a rabbit oh hole. boy <laughs> anyway the point here, the what I wanted to say is that kinesthetics speak slowly because they're feeling the movement in their mind, and that movement to mind translation takes time. Mm. Um, and then, what was it? Um, I think it was yes, auditory people speak fast, fast. So interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's like sound to anyway. I can make a video about this if yeah. you're interested, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that we can stay on topic. Just let but us know. just case in point there is so that if you're mindful of people sort of like the way they talk and the pacing if somebody speaks slowly don't interrupt them because they're still thinking about what they're going to say and I think that's not it would not be appropriate to interrupt them because um, unless they've completely hogged the conversation that's another story but it takes time for them to to put their thoughts into words and you don't want to cut them off and then if you interrupt them you might run the risk of them not saying anything for the rest of the conversation. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. In general, uh, I would say best yeah. practice when it comes to interruption is, and you were you were getting at this earlier. First, assess the scene, and and uh, yeah. <laughs> on a, on a spectrum of should I interrupt or should not interrupt, start off on the side of not interrupt. Yes. Get a sense of um, how the conversation is going, the pace of the conversation. Yeah. Um, I would go so far as to say, do not interrupt for at least the, the first 10, 15 minutes of conversation, yeah. if not longer, just because you you want to understand how they're what type of communicator they are, or if it's a group setting, what type of communication the group is 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 sort of behaving with um, before you start to interrupt, because. People notice interruptions, and yeah. and if you're applying it in that's a way that's true. that's disruptive, yeah. that's going to leave a very sort of um, uh, uh, unsavory taste in, in this, uh, you know, your listeners' mouths. So right, so it's fascinating. There's really so much to unpack with the the conversation dynamics, mm. and that's what you were getting at. I think with really assessing the dynamics because it's yes. so important. Yeah. To be mindful of like what's going on, like can we figure this out? <laughs> right. Yeah. So. So I think. Um, yeah, lots of lots of to lots, chew on here. Definitely. Um, but hopefully this helped sort of expand on 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 what we what we were discussing in the video. Yeah. And you know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of I think departure points even from this conversation. So if if any of those interest you, just let us know in the comments so that. Uh, we can we can elaborate exactly as, as you see fit. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully that was that right. felt that felt lively. It did. That felt engaged. I think we are interrupting on a on a relatively uh, appropriate basis. basis. Feel free to critique us. Yeah. I know, if, yeah. If you think one of us is interrupting more than the other, or uh, if uh, you know, we're always open to feedback. Of course. So cool. Right. Thanks for joining, Thank guys. Thank you for joining us. Happy exploring. Yeah. And we'll see you next time.